Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Pirkei Abashir, where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. The Pirkei Avos podcast is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network where we actively encourage Jews to think and engage in the search of how to be intentionally Jewish. Check us out on intentionaljew.com. So chapter 2, Mishnah 8, is the beginning of this whole series of Mishnayos, and the, really the series of Mishnayos takes us almost to the end of the parak. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai Kibel Mehilol Umishamai, and I realize that there's going to be a, a fair amount of text reading right now, but I really want to go through the, the Mishnayos and then, of course, um, dissect it piece by piece. Rabbi Yochanan Medzakai received his tradition from Hillel and Shammai. We mentioned yesterday that he received it from Hillel and Shammai. He really found the balance in between Hillel and Shammai. Huaya Omer used to say, If you study a lot of Torah, don't, um, don't, hold, don't um, lord that uh, to yourself. Because that's the reason why you were created. Then the Mishnah launches into the fact that there were five students for Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, and that it goes to list them. These are the five students of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkanus, who we're going to spend time on today, Rabbi Yehoshua ben Chananya, Rabbi Yossi the Kohen, Rabbi Shimon ben Nisanel, Rabbi El Ozer ben Orach. Hu hayamone shivchan. He would sing their praises. What were the praises that he would praise each one of his students with? Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkinus, he called him a bor sud she'enom abetipa. He was a cemented cistern that wouldn't lose a drop of water. Rabbi Yoshua ben Chananya, Ashrei Yoladito. Fortunate is the one who gave birth to him. About his student, Rabbi Yossi Cohen, he called him a chassid. About Rabbi Shimon ben Nisanel, he called him a yorei chait. About Rabbi Elazar ben Orach, he called him a mayon hamizgaber, an ever-rejuvenating fountain. Huhaya Omer, he then assessed his students and he said, If all of my students, if all the Chachme Yisrael were on one side of a fulcrum scale, and my student Eliezer Ben Hurkinus was on the other side, he would weigh them all down, which means that he was weightier than all the rest of them. There is a difference of opinion. Abba Shol says, Mishmo, in his name, Im yiyu kol chachme Yisrael bechaf moznayim, Abba Shol quoted Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, and he said that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai used to say not what we just said, but used to say it like this, that if the, all the sages of the world were in the in the, the scale, 
Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkinus Afimoyim, and even Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkinus was on that side. And Rabbi Eliezer ben Orach Bechafshnia, and Rabbi Eliezer ben Orach was on the other side. Machria is Kulam, he would weigh them down. So there's mm-hmm. a difference of opinion in the Mishnah as to which was the premier sage. Was it Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkinus or was it Rabbi Eliezer ben Orach? Then the Mishnah continues that the Rebbe turns to his students and he says to them, Omar Lahem, he says to them, Go and see what is the right path that a person should attach himself to. Rabbi Eliezer says, comes back to his Rebbe and he says, it's an eye in tov, it's a good eye. Now this is the same Rabbi Eliezer who he described as a cemented cistern that didn't lose a drop. Rabbi Yoshua Omer, chover tov. Rabbi Yoshua says a good friend. Rabbi Yossi says a good neighbor. Rabbi Shimon says, haroa es nolad. Somebody who was able to see that which has not yet come into fruition, has not come into the world. Somebody who was able to play a good game of chess and can figure out what's coming down the pike. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Tov, a good heart. Omer Lahem, he turned to his students and he said, Roa Anias Divrei Elazar ben Arach Midivrechem. I like Rabbi Elazar's answer better than all of yours. Shebechlau Divarav Divrechem, that included in his words are your words. Omer Lahem, he then turned to his students and he said to them, Go and see what is the worst way that a person should go on in this world. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, the opposite of the ayin tova, ayin ra, bad eye. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, ra, a bad friend. Rabbi Yossi Omer, shachin ra, the three of those were opposites of what they had said for the good sign. Rabbi Shimon Omer, halove ve'eno mishalim. What's the worst, the absolute worst? Somebody who borrows and doesn't pay back. Echad halove mino adam, whether you're bothering from borrowing from a person, kilove mino makom baruchu, it's like you're borrowing from God. Shinamers, it says, now this is getting elaborate, this is longer than everybody else's stuff. That if you borrow, you borrow, you're a rasha v'lo yishalim if you don't pay back. V'tzadik, but a righteous person, he is gracious and he gives. Rabbi Elazar, Omer, Rabbi Elazar says, Rabbi Elazar says, an evil heart. Omer lahem, he says to his students, I see Rabbi Elazar, I, I agree with him more than yours. Because included in his good heart or bad heart is all of the things that you said. Then the Mishnayos continue. They said three things. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, and then it goes on to tell us what Rabbi Eliezer said, and he says three things. Then it goes on, Rabbi Yoshua Omer, three things. Rabbi Yossi Akoin Omer, three things. Rabbi Shimon Omer, three things. And then Rabbi Eliezer ben Orach says three things. So this is the structure of what we're going to be dealing with for the next weeks. We're going to be dealing with 
the five students of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, those five students who their qualities, he identified a quality in every one of his students. And then he told them what's the right path to go on, what's the wrong path to go on, and then they each said something. By the time we finish, you will be able to see a thread between each of the five students to what his quality was that his Rebbe praised him on, what he saw was the best way to go in this world, what he saw was the thing you needed to stay away from in this world, and the three things that were his clarion call, they will all fit together neatly. The way I'm going to proceed is going to be that I'm going to deal with each of the students and with what they said was the derech yeshara and the derech ra, the good way and the bad way. Then we will, when we see each of their mishnayos, we'll weave that into their mishnah. So today, the first thing that we're going to see is, we're not seeing any rabbis yet, is the following thing. After the Mishnah tells me they had five students, so it tells me, it names the five students, and then the Mishnah says, four words, who? Hayamoneh. Shavachan. He used to speak of their praises. Who Haya Mona Shvachan? And if you remember, we went on to say that this rabbi was a cemented sister, and this rabbi was his ma should be happy that he was born. This rabbi was a chassid. This rabbi was the, the, this rabbi was a Mayanamis Gaber. He was a a, um, a, 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 a ever rejuvenating spring. This rabbi, this rabbi was pious. This rabbi was a fear of heaven. The question, of course, that we have to ask and address today is, why would you be Mona Shavacham? Why would you say their praises? How dangerous of a thing is it to be Mona Shavacham? How dangerous of a thing it is to praise, to praise your students, it's not a healthy thing. To, we mentioned yesterday to sit around with your students and to say, oh, this is my tzadikal. And this one, oh, this one I love so much. And this one, oh, you're the best. You're the best. You got the best memory. And then the other guy who thinks he's got a good memory feels like he's a garnished. And then the one he turns to and says, you, oh my gosh, you fear God. Yeah, and me, what am I, chop liver? It's just not a good thing to get into. And the truth is, it's not my methodology. It's not something that I'm saying I think is a bad pedagog pedagogical methodology. I think the Torah feels that it's a bad method. The rabbis tell us that a person should always be careful not to show favoritism to one of his children, because in our history, when a father showed favoritism to a child, it ended up very poorly. When Yaakov showed favoritism to Yosef, it ended up that Yosef 
ended up with the brothers became jealous of him. They took Joseph, they threw him in a pit and he lost them for 22 years. It's not a good thing to show favoritism. And therefore to be Mona Shivachan, to go and to list their praises could be a very, very dangerous thing. And that's not a great thing to do in front of the others. I need you to know how much I appreciate you. I will have a private conversation with you and tell you about all your qualities. I'll tell you <laughs> how amazing a person I think you are. But I will only in public, miktsas shvachai lefanov, I will only sing part of your praise in front of you. I will never tell the whole story because that's what our rabbis tell us to do. Never praise a person completely in front of others. First of all, praising in front of others is a dangerous thing because you're opening it up for Lashon Hara. I can say you're a fantastic fellow. There is one, if we're in a crowd of more than three, there's another person in there who thinks that you're not so fantastic, who's had a little run-in with you or, or sees a limitation in you and is going to be spurred on to say something negative. And therefore, we're careful with Lashon Hara. We're careful with speaking with even praises of a person in front of other people. That's problem number one. Problem number two is, is that, that we look, we, we, when I say problem number two, we see this in another place. You know, Moshe was reluctant to split everybody up, Kohanim, Leviim, Yisraelim. Very reluctant to do that because he was worried that there were, all that was going to do was cause another rift in the Jewish people. That, um, you know, you're a Kayan, you get the first shot of everything. I'm a Levi, at best I get the second shot, but that's only when you get the first shot. If you don't get the first shot, then I don't get the second shot either. And then there's the Yisraelim, the peons, right? We always get the third portion. We're, we're, we're always the, the back of the line. It's a dangerous thing to split people up in classes, to say, you're this, you're this, you're this. This was the problem that we had also when it came to the tribes. When the tribes in last week's parish, we might have talked about this, but they were split up with flags. Every tribe had a flag. And it was a very, Moshe Rabbeinu was petrified about the flags, petrified, because he was worried that if every tribe has a flag, that means that every tribe is going to have an identity. And when you start to have an identity, your identity is greater than somebody else's identity. The nations of the world were astounded. They wanted to have flags also. And they wanted the Jewish flags because they thought it was something specific to the Jewish flag that was so special. The truth is, what they were astounded at was that you could be living under a flag, under an identity, and there was no tension in the Jewish people. How did that happen? It was it's a dangerous, Moshe Rabbeinu himself saw that it was a dangerous thing. How could Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai have done this? And why would he do it? It's not even how. Why would he have bothered to be Mona Shavachan, to be able to point out the qualities of his students when that is a dangerous thing? So I'll tell you something very, very fascinating. Most people believe that when everybody is the same, that's when there is the most and profound unity amongst people. I do it, you do it, we do it. We talked about before Shavuos, the concept of Nasev and Nishma, of everybody being part of a community. We tend to think that when we are exactly the same, so then that's the best way to make unity. And that's a mistake. Because really, the best way to make unity is when each person knows who they are and they have a clear understanding of the role that they play and the strengths that they have. 
When I understand that I bring this to the plate and you bring that to the plate, together we make a whole. When it comes to marriage, very much that's the way we're meant to see things. That I am a half and you are a half and together we make a whole. I remember once somebody asked me about a certain person, how is that person mashlim you? That means how does that person bring you shlemus? How does that person bring you wholeness? What are you missing that that person adds in? When you're in a group and every single person brings something to the group, oh, that person, that's the, that's the math whiz. Oh, that person, that person is the grammatician. That person, that person's got a memory, unbelievable. When you have, everybody has their strength, then nobody is a competition to each other. In the field of doctors or lawyers or of, of handymen, there's competition. I'm a better handyman than that guy. I want more of the market. I want more of the share. He doesn't do it as well. But between a handyman and a neurosurgeon, there is no competition. The neurosurgeon does things the handyman couldn't even dream of. And the handyman does things that the neurosurgeon can't even dream of. Each one of them has their role and their place to play in society. And therefore, there's no compete competition. They don't compete. We create harmony by defining our differences and working together. When we understand our own places, when we understand the role that we play in a certain, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a situation, that's when there is incredible shalom. That's what Rabbi Yochanan ben Zaka was doing with his students. He was defining their space so that they could get along with each other. Because if I put you in a space and I tell you that this is what you bring to the plate, this is your quality, this is your strength, so then you, you have no, there's no competition between you and the next person who has a completely different strength. I'm a borsud, Shein ma'abe tipa. I am a cistern that doesn't drop, doesn't lose a drop. But that doesn't mean I'm better than you. That's what I bring to the plate. I can't even come, I can't hold a candle to your fear of heaven. I can't hold a candle to your ability to be able to create new ideas, to be a mayon hamizgaber. I'm not even holding there. And my Rebbe told me that this is who I am. He didn't tell me who I wasn't. He didn't tell me, it's too bad you're not like him. It's too bad you're not a fear of heaven like him. That's not what my Rebbe told me. My Rebbe told me, your contribution to this class, your contribution to this group is that you are X. And your contribution is you are Y. Now when I take X, Y, Z, A and B, and I put them together, now I've got a group called My Five Students. But My Five Students wouldn't be My Five Students if every single one of them didn't have their strength. That's why God says to Moshe, don't worry about Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. There's not going to be any jealousy. Kohanim have a role to play. Levim have a role to play. 
Yisraelim have a role to play. Kohanim ba'avayda sa'am, the Kohanim do the avoda. Leviim b'shirom v'vizimram, the Leviim, the Levites are going to sing, they're going to, they're going to help. And the Yisraelim are going to be the backup team. They're going to daven, they're going to learn. They're going to be there supporting the spiritual supporters of the Kohanim and the Leviim. The same is true with the flags. The reason why we weren't jealous of each other is because when I saw your flag with the wolf and you saw my flag with the boat and I saw his flag with an ox, I realized that Klal Yisrael needs a wolf and a boat and an ox. Klal Yisrael needs every single one of our symbols, every single one of our kohos, of our strengths. I'm not jealous of you. I'm supportive and appreciative of the fact that you and I together are sharing this burden called Klal Yisrael. And that when we recognize who we are and what our strengths are, then there is no sense of being threatened. There is no sense of jealousy. And before he went to tell his students I want you to go and to see what's the best way that a person should be in the world, which itself we're going to have to spend time on. What does that mean? We've asked it before. The best way that a person has to walk on is just follow Torah and mitzvahs and be quiet. Like, what, what is he saying to them? Go out, go out and see what the best way is. What is it going out? Going out to where? Hunting in the forest? What did he want them to do? And what was he asking them to find? But before he was asking them to find some meaning in life, the first thing that he had to identify in them was their place in life, was their place on the team. You're the right guard. You're the left guard. You're the center. You're the backup. You're the goalie. You're, everybody's got their place. And he had to identify for them clearly what their place was. Meine b'shevachan. By praising them, by talking about their shavach, by talking about their strong points, what he was doing was identifying them. He was bringing them together, not splitting them apart. It's an awesome lesson for, for any kind of group dynamic, and it's an awesome lesson for raising children. That every child has to know what they bring into the family. And it doesn't mean they don't have the quality of the other child, but that's their strong point. You eat cookies better than anybody in the family. You're the sweetest in the family. You're, you, you do this in such an incredible way. And everybody brings something into the family. You're not better than you. This is, let's identify who you are and what you bring to the plate. That's what Rabbi Yochanan ben Zaka was doing. Now, tomorrow, as we begin the qualities, we're going to have to ask the question. When I am Mona Shavachan, when I list your qualities, if you look at a few of them, let's pick those out first. I call you a chassid. What am I talking about? I'm not talking about your payas. I'm talking about your spiritual quality. You're a pious person. It says a lot about who you are as a human being. When I call you a yorei chet, I call you somebody who fears heaven. That is an ethical 
that is an ethical description. I am describing who you are at your very essence and core. When I call you a mayon hamizgaber, when I call you a pool that rejuvenates itself, when I call you a cistern that never loses a drop, when I say that you're a person who is roe esanolad, you see what's coming down the pike in the future, how am I describing your essence? I'm describing the fact you have a good memory. I'm describing the fact that you are a person that can recognize nuance. I'm describing a person that can, that, that can innovate. But it's not necessarily a description of who you are at your very core. How were those descriptions of who they were at their core? That's the first stage that we have to take. And it, might, it will take me multiple days because each one of them is going to, I don't know if I need a full day for each one of them, but each one of them is going to require an understanding of exactly what that quality was. Even a fear of heaven and, and a pious person, we're going to have to deal with those, what that really means. But once we understand what he was singling them out for, we can understand why the rabbi who he called a, a borsud, a cistern that never loses a drop, why that rabbi said the best quality was a good eye, the worst quality was an evil eye. And why he said, may the honor of your friend be as dear to you as your own, we will understand all of that. It will tie in for each and every one of the rabbis. That's the next mandate, the next step that we have in understanding these Mishnayas. But today, understanding Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's five students, Moine Bishvachon, he praised them, he set them, he made them feel that this is what they brought into the group, and he made every one of the other students understand what everybody's role was and understand that together they make up the group called the five students of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai.